This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a genuine pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we do certainly appreciate those of you who are watching today, especially if you're watching for the very first time. Let me thank you, thank you for watching today. Please stay tuned as we're going to discuss a subject about a day that's going to be an important day in the lives of us all, and it's called Mercy in That Day. Please stay tuned. Now, on Getting to Know Your Bible, we continue to offer a Bible course that is designed to help you get to know more about the Bible, and we'd like to make it available to each one, every one of you today. We'd like for you to avail yourself of the opportunity of receiving the free Bible Correspondence Course. In order that you might find out how to receive it, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm going to be reading today from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16, beginning. The Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out very zealously and found me. The Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day. And you know very well how many ways he ministered to me at Ephesus. When Paul wrote these words, of course, Paul was in prison in Rome. And the Apostle Paul, in these verses, is taking us into his closet, his prayer closet, as it were. And he is sharing with us the intimate things that are in his heart. And in these verses, there is a prayer on behalf of his friend, who sought him out very diligently and found Paul when he was in prison. And he ministered to Paul. And Paul's prayer for him is that he will find mercy of the Lord in that day. Mercy of the Lord in that day. Now, the, the day that he has reference to, of course, here is the, is the day of judgment. The, the, the word judgment is used so many times in the Bible, but, but often that day of judgment is just referred to simply as that day. It was so much a part of the thinking of people in the first century, that's how they often referred to it, just as that day. Take, for example, what Jesus said in Matthew 7, and 22, many will say unto me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and in your name done many wonderful works? He's talking about the day of judgment. 
Then, then think about what the Apostle Paul wrote in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. For the which cause also I suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed. For, for I know in whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. That day. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. Not to me only, but unto all of them that love is appearing. So the day of judgment often was referred to simply as that day. And that day is going to be a day of great surprise for many people. In Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 21, Jesus said, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father which is in heaven, many will say unto, my, unto me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? In your name cast out devils, in your name done many wonderful works. But I shall profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Some people are going to be surprised. They thought all was well. But on that day, the Lord will say to them, I never knew you. Not only will it be a day of surprise, it's going to be a day of disappointment for some. Going on in Matthew chapter 7, this time in verse 24, Jesus said, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, doeth them. Him will like to a wise man that built his house upon the rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it is founded on a rock. But whoever heareth the sayings of mine, and doeth them not, him are likened unto a foolish man that built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Here are two men who built. Both of these men heard the same thing. They heard the sayings of Jesus. Both of them built. One man built on the rock. One man built on the sand. And when you listen to Jesus and you fail to do what Jesus says, you do not heed his advice, you do not heed his counsel, you do not heed his word, it's like building on the sand. Your man who listens to Jesus, hears his word, pays attention to him, and obeys him is a man building upon a solid rock. And the man who builds on the sand, even though he has built, done a lot of things in life, going to be disappointed on that day. And this day, not only will it be a day of disappointment, it will be a day of separation. In Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 31, Jesus said, The Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all of His holy angels with Him, and then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory, and before Him shall be gathered all nations, and He shall separate them, as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. And he'll set the sheep on the right hand, put the goats on the left. You see, it's going to be a day of separation. When there's going to be the separation of the sheep from the goats, the good from the bad, the righteous from the unrighteous, the godly from the ungodly, the Christian from the non-Christian. You see, there's going to be a line of separation drawn down through the families of earth. This day is going to be a day of separation. But it will be a day of recompense. 
It will be a day when men will pay for their sins. The wages of sin is death. Eternal death. Eternal separation from God. And if men live without God and die without God, there is no hope without God. It will be a day also of justice. This is going to be the day when God will set everything right. The question is asked in the 18th chapter of Genesis, verse 25, Shall not the judge of all of the earth do right? There's a lot of injustice in our world. I, I think all of us should admit that. There's a lot of social injustice, racial injustice. There, there's a lot of injustice everywhere in our world. But you see, there's going to be a day when God is going to set it all right. The judge of all of the earth will do right. And he will do right with a saint, and he'll do right with a sinner. He'll do what needs to be done. It's going to be a day of justice. But that day that we're talking about is going to be a day of mercy. And that's the thing for which Paul prayed, that he would find mercy of the Lord in that day. Psalms 52 and verse 8 says, I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. And how we need to trust in the mercy of God. And so this is going to be the greatest day in the history of the world. The day that Jesus Christ comes back and the day that He judges the world. And for some people it's going to be a day of mercy. So the question is, for whom Will it be a day of mercy? I don't know about you, but, but I need God's mercy, don't you? I need His mercy. And, and it's going to be a day of mercy. First of all, for those who felt they needed it. Some people do not think they need God's mercy. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus talked about two men who went up to the temple to pray. Now one man was a Pharisee. One man was a publican. The Pharisees were the straightest sect of the Jews. They, they were those that kept the letter of the law. They'd tell you what to do. They might not do it themselves, but they'd tell you what to do. And they were very scrupulous in, in, in their religious uh, things. They, when they started their tithing, they would tithe the mint, the anise, and the cumin, small herb seeds, and be very scrupulous in tithing those. But then they'd overlook weightier matters of the law like judgment, mercy, and faith. And so this Pharisee went up to the temple to pray. And as he was praying, his prayer went something like this. And I'm paraphrasing. He said, now, Lord, I want you to know how good I am. Lord, I want you to know I fast twice a week. I'm giving tithes of everything I have, Lord. And I'm keeping my marriage vows. I'm not running around on my wife. And I've often wondered who this man was trying to convince. And the man said, Lord, I want you to thank I want to thank you. Think, listen how self-righteous he was. I want to thank you that I'm not like other men. And he pointed to this publican. He said, like that man over there. I don't, I'm glad I'm not like that publican. Now, the publican was a despised tax collector. He wasn't the most popular man in town. He said, I'm thankful, Lord, I'm not like that man. Now, that was his prayer. Now, here's the publican's prayer. 
the, the, he, said he would not so much as even lift up his eyes to heaven. And he smote his breast, and this is what he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, think about the difference in those two prayers. Here's one man who said, Lord, I want you to know I'm thankful I'm not like that publican. The publican says, Lord, I just need your mercy. I, he said, have, have mercy on me, O God. Now, Jesus analyzed these two fellows. Think about it. Jesus said, this man, talking about the publican who asked for mercy, went down to his just, house justified rather than the other, that is, rather than the Pharisee. And Jesus said, everyone that exalts himself shall be abased, but he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So the, the Pharisee exalted himself, he'll be brought down. And the publican humbled himself, he will be brought up. The axiom is true, isn't it? The way up is down. People that need mercy, that receive mercy on that day, are people who felt that they needed mercy. The Pharisee did not think he needed mercy. He thought he was good enough like he was. He was better than other people. And the publican felt that the only thing he needed was the mercy of God. God, be merciful to me because, God, I know I'm a sinner. Who will receive mercy on that day? Those that showed mercy. Those that have shown mercy to other people. You know, this really gets down to the crux of living every day, doesn't it? Because you see, every day in our living, we have opportunities, every one of us, to show mercy to somebody. It might be a person stranded by the side of the road. It might be a person who is in need of something to eat, some, some clothes to wear. There may be other human needs that, that where we could respond and show mercy to people. It might just be refraining our tongues from saying things about people who find themselves in some embarrassing situations. Show some mercy. Have some mercy. The people that will receive mercy in that day are people that showed mercy. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. That's in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 7. Now, folk, if we want mercy of the Lord at the hand of God, we'd better be showing some ourselves. I think about James chapter 2, verse 13. He shall be judged without mercy who has shown no mercy. If we've not shown mercy to other people, when it comes our time to stand before the judge of all of the earth, He's not going to show us any mercy. Paul, in talking about his friend who had shown a lot of mercy to him while he was in prison, said, Lord, I just want you to grant him mercy. Show him some mercy in that day. And we need to show people mercy today. You know, Jesus talked about, the, the, in Luke chapter 10, about uh, a man who had been up to Jerusalem and he's on his way home. He's on the Jericho Road, we call it. Fell among thieves. This man was, was stripped of his raiment, beaten, left the side of the road. The Bible even says he left half dead. And, and along comes a priest. And he sees that man on the side of the road and he just passes by on the other side, keeps going. Here comes a Levite. See, these are leaders, religious leaders. 
And when the Levite sees him, he just passes by on the other side. I sometimes facetiously refer to them as the preacher and the assistant preacher. So he just passes by on the other side. Now here comes a man who's called a Samaritan. And when he sees this man by the side of the road, bleeding, dying, he stops and he goes over and he, he pours in oil and wine on the man's wounds. He, he puts him on his animal, carries him to an inn where he can be cared for. His, his wounds can be treated and he can be uh, housed and, and given a special attention. And he tells the innkeeper whatever else it costs you. You just keep it up with it. And when I come back this way, I'll pay you. Now Jesus asks this question. Who was a neighbor to the man that fell among the thieves? And the answer was the one that showed mercy. The one that showed mercy. Who showed mercy? Was it the priest? No. Was it the Levite? No. Who would you have expected to show mercy? You would have expected the priest and the Levite to have been the people to have shown some mercy to this man. But here comes the Samaritan. A man that the Jews had no dealings with. He's the man who showed mercy, the most unlikely person to show mercy to this man left by the side of the road. And so there's a man that showed mercy was the one who was a neighbor. The man fell among the thieves. So you know what Jesus said? You just go and do likewise. Folks, there's such a need for mercy showing in our world today. We, we need to show mercy to our neighbors. We need to show mercy to our enemies. We need to show mercy in our families. We need to show mercy in the workplace. We need to show mercy when we're out driving on the highway. Some of the hottest tempered people are out on the highways driving today like maniacs sometimes. Show some mercy. Show some kindness to people. Try to be courteous to people. We need to be kind and show mercy when we have a waitress who comes to wait on us and she may not be doing what we think she ought to be doing. You may not know the load that woman is carrying in her heart. I can promise you she wouldn't be there waiting on you unless she really needed that job. Show some mercy. The people who will receive mercy in that day are people who showed mercy. And the people that will receive mercy on that day are people who confess and forsake their sins. In Proverbs 28, 13, Solomon said, he that, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but he that confesseth and forsaketh them shall find mercy. Who is it that will find mercy? It's the person who confesses their sin and forsakes their sin. Sometimes people confess their sins, but they don't give them up. They don't forsake them. If we want God to have mercy on us, we have to realize that our sin breaks his heart. David knew that in Psalms 51. When he, when he said, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. David realized he had broken the heart of God by his sin. And David was needing the mercy of God. And guess what? He received it. He received it. You remember in that great 23rd Psalm, he said, 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. We need the mercy of God with us all of the time. And if we want God to be merciful to us on that day, we've got to get serious about our lives and, and our sins and, and be willing to get out of the sinning business and, and to give our lives to the Lord. If you've never done that, let me encourage you to do it. If you've never become a Christian, you said, now, Brother Lambert, I, I've heard you talk about this before. Well, let, let me tell you, I don't know of a greater thing that I could do today to be your friend than to tell you to give your life to Jesus Christ. I love you. God loves you. Jesus loves you. There are Christians that don't even know you that love you, that pray for the success of the, of the spread of the gospel throughout the whole world. And we want to see people saved. We want to see people go to heaven one day. And, and so I'd urge you to give your life to Christ by believing on Him. You say, well, I do. Well, I'd encourage you to repent of your sins. You said, I'm ready to get out of the sinning bin. I, I'm tired of sin. I want to quit it. Well, then I'd encourage you to be willing to stand before men and confess your faith in Jesus. And as a penitent believer in Christ, as a confessing believer in Christ, to be baptized for the remission of your sins. Not because you're already saved, but in order to be saved. Because the Bible teaches, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. Acts 2.38 would you not do that? God will show mercy on that day when we get serious about sin in our lives. One woman said that she was as good as Jesus Christ and she was getting better every day. Let me tell you, God's not going to have mercy on a person with that attitude. Oh, that breaks the heart of God. And then God will have mercy on those who feared the Lord with all of their heart. Luke chapter 1 and verse 50 says, His mercy is on those that fear Him. His mercy is on those that fear Him. Now let's think about what we've been talking about. We've been talking about the day of judgment. And it's called that day. And in Paul's prayer in 2 Timothy chapter 1, he prayed that God would have mercy on his friend in that day, on the day of judgment. And it's going to be a day of, of mercy for people who felt they needed it, for people who have been showing mercy and kindness to other people, those that are willing to get serious about the sin in their lives and get out of the sinning business. And it's going to be a day of mercy for those that feared the Lord. But we've not yet come to that day, have we? We've not yet come to it. And I want you to know that mercy is available right now. His mercy is available now. He's rich in mercy. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. But there is no mercy after we die. In Luke 16, there were two men who lived and two men who died. And one man who's called the rich man lift up his eyes in torments and he saw Abraham afar off, Lazarus in his bosom, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy. You want to know what people that are in torment, that lost their souls, are, are crying out for right now? They're asking for mercy. They need mercy. But once we die, it's too late. It's too late. But now mercy is available. And what I would encourage you to do, 
is just to take the Lord by the hand and walk with him. Take him by the hand and walk with him every day. You know, the, the psalmist in Psalms 23 said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou, 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 thou knowest my head with all. My, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You can have the mercy of God from now until you enter into eternity. Mercy in that day. A man had a dream. And in that dream, he was at the, the gate of heaven and the day of judgment. And he was told that he had to have a hundred points to enter into heaven. He says, well, he said, uh, I was baptized to be saved. I read my Bible, prayed, I gave liberally of my means, I attended all the services of the church, I encouraged other people to live right, I tried to live a godly life. How many points is all of that worth? said, that's worth one point. One point. And I've got to have 100, yes. He said, then all I know to do is to throw myself on the mercy of the court. And he was told, in his dream at least, that's worth 99 points. Oh, the mercy and the grace of God. How great is our God. We can have mercy in that day. We've got to live for Him, and we'll die for Him, and die with Him, and be in eternity with Him one day, because he's such a merciful, wonderful, and gracious God. Now, I want to thank you for watching today as we discuss this. And I'd like in the closing moments to, just to give you an invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And if you ever visit down on the Gulf Coast in Alabama, come by the Somerdale Church and visit with us there. But, but visit the Church of Christ wherever you live. And if you're not certain where it's located, you just, you just get in touch with us. There's a telephone number, or you can write to us. We'll get back with you. We'll give you that information. And also, we want you to have the free Bible course so you can get to know your Bible. And I want to encourage you to, to, to receive the course. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you, and may the Lord keep you, is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at knowyourbible at golftel.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214.
Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.